this button. All right, vocal fam. I pro. Hey, Sarah, don't let me yeah. lo- upload this episode without putting a theme song on it at the beginning. Oh, yeah, those are important. Uh, vocal fam, listen. We are here with our dear friend Lori Sonnenberg back on the Woo-hoo. podcast. Wel- welcome back, Lori. What is this? Th- I think this might be time number three. I think it is. Amazing. That's sounds right. Yeah. That is amazing. I I am official, right? So, yeah, (laughs) you're a third timer now. You're official. You're an official. (laughs) We like to refer to this show in general as a bad sitcom. And so you have now earned recurring character status. There you go. The the third appearance, you're an official recurring character. Um, I like uh, that. The writers thought so well of you that they've used you in a third episode. (laughs) And and will even give you more than five lines so you'll get a bigger paycheck. Okay, does that get to go on my resume? Yes. (laughs) Under, like, special skills? Specifically, you need to put it on your IMDb page. Oh, I love it. Okay, well, no, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, Lori, just remind everyone of who you are, what you do on a daily basis, and and that kind of thing, so the vocal fam can remember. Okay, sure, yeah. So uh, I am a speech-language pathologist and singing voice specialist and voice clinical voice specialist is what I like to call myself, but I own a private practice in the Chicago suburbs, and um, I just do voice all day. That's what I do, and I and I spend most of my time supporting singers in that work and helping them deal with injury, which is something we're here to talk about today, but uh, yeah, I stay pretty, uh, I've been able to stay pretty connected and sort of walk duly in the medical speech pathology and the singing communities and that's that's been a, a huge plus for me because you uh, also have a background in singing yes yes a very big one <laughs> just like both of you so yes um uh just we could say it on the front end here in case someone maybe starts listening and they lose it at the t- 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 tail end they don't they're not uh tuning in hopefully they will but uh how can somebody like if if they're in Chicago in the Chicago region or area or whatever um how would they reach out if they need to see someone and, and if they want to see you uh you know professionally what is their website phone number or whatever or what, what where yes, would they go Yes actually a very I'm really excited about uh, the relaunch of my new website, which was in the fall of November, I think. So I have a great website. It's really easy to get in touch with my uh, administrative assistant. Great. That. Her name is Haley Williams, and uh, she's amazing. Everybody loves her, and she keeps the wheels running. She keeps me in line, and, uh, <laughs> awesome. and that's, the, that's the best way to Perfect. find out more information. What, uh, what's the w- website? Uh, SonnenbergVoice.com. Sonnenbergvoice.com. So there you go. But I am, you know, I'm new on Instagram. We just launched Instagram a couple months ago, and that's going well. So, you know, you. I also have Facebook. So any way of contacting is great. But uh, it's gotten to the point where I just have to sort of field everyone to Haley. That makes sense uh, for for that. And so we, she's sort of like my. The, the gatekeeper. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Busy person. Lots of, lots of, lots of stuff. So you primarily work with singers, right? I mean, that is still the, the case. I, um, yes. Yes. I, you know, I, I was thinking about a question uh, of, you know, what are some of the common things that you're seeing in clinic? But I want to add like a, a partner question to it that I just thought of actually, mm-hmm. which is, you know, since you're working with singers who maybe have some voice concerns or whatever on a daily basis, 
Are you seeing anything maybe different, like at this stage of the pandemic, than before you were seeing prior to the pandemic? Have there been kind of maybe some trends that you're seeing differently in, in yes. patient population? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't think the demographic has changed that much. I think it's more, uh, there's definitely, uh, well, I already specialized in muscle tension dysphonia, which you might show. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was already just a huge portion of my weekly caseload. But there have been a lot more, uh, the two things that I can think of specific to answer your question. One, a lot more muscle tension dysphonia, but a, a little different breed of it. Uh, a Makes lot sense. more physical uh, pain uh, and upper body, neck, larynx, uh, just a lot more of that, like extreme pain with speech and singing. So that is just a little different type of muscle tension dysphonia. Uh, and then the other thing is just a, what I refer to as kind of a deconditioning situation for singers. Uh, okay. A lot of people, you know, we we all did so much less during uh, the pandemic vocal. What do you yeah. mean? <laughs> well, I didn't, but um, but I think you know anyone who was singing, performing, teaching, yeah. boy, that really shifted a lot. And yeah. and so uh, I, you know, I just met with someone this week a few days ago who, when they when they when they went back to the stage or the classroom or you know a more normal situation for them, uh, the voice couldn't handle it yeah, yeah so there's a lot more like of this vocal fatigue and what I refer to as deconditioning and needing to kind of get back on the horse and 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 then when they try to get back on the horse things kind of went off track technically so mm -hmm. yeah so I'm seeing a lot more of that right now I mean I'm even dealing with that in studio I, I just yeah. had a client yesterday who's a pro tenor you know who obviously has not worked as much in the last two seasons and did a big did what had been in shape got back into shape did a big audition season in the fall but then got covid <laughs> in january yeah. and now here we are three months later and he was like yeah i haven't really sung much in the last three months so <laughs> i just need to like we need to sing a little bit and i was like okay <laughs> yeah no and the, and 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 then covid too of course in certain cases uh that's probably derailed things a little bit yeah. for a lot mm -hmm. of people, but I don't know that they, they don't always recognize that connection. And so it's interesting the number of people that don't share with me that they had COVID, you know, during intake uh, conversations and yeah. I have to dig and probe and find out. And I'll say, well, by any chance, were you ill during this time? And, and then we'll find things like that out, you know, with breathing voice, uh, and, uh, and then sometimes the just the the pacing that happens, you know, we'll see a lot of like they they do better vocally with breathing. They're making improvements in treatment, and then things kind of crash again mm. a little bit, and we and we have to kind of pause and pace, and then we can you know go back to what we were doing. You know, on the first thing that you mentioned with with the, related to the MTD, I'm just curious. Do you think some of that is like related to all the screen time? that you know do you think some uh, of that is, is 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 you know or or maybe not i i do think initially it was you know because uh -huh. that first year we were all dealing with so many uh 
<laughs> I don't know. I just think we did. I feel like we didn't know which end was up. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and so raise his hand. Oh, yes. uh, you know, I mean, because even me personally, I was, I was conditioned for eight straight hours of voice therapy in person at that point in a day, yeah. multiple days a week, and never missed a beat vocally. But then when I went online, it it was very different. And so I think initially that was an issue. But honestly, my my impression is that it's a little bit more related to mental health. I that was I going to that. be my follow up if that was actually going yeah. to be the suspect. Yeah. That, that I do was... I do believe very strongly that the the stress, the panic, the um I, I mean, we could just make a really long I, list. I mean, anything yeah. from depression to anxiety to just malaise. Um, well, I would think even going back, like maybe you, maybe there was some relief when things lessened, but then you start piling things back on, and there's anxiety that goes along yeah. with the return. Well, we were definitely well, we, dealing. Go ahead, please. Well, I was just gonna say we adapted to. I, I my impression in talking with patients is that we just adapted to such a different way of life and mm -hmm. and in all the ways and then we have to sort of re-enter. The other thing that that has come up a lot, I think in my understanding of the way people dealt with all of that is something that I've been calling surge capacity. <laughs> you know, where where uh, a, a psychologist brought that to my attention that you know, we when we respond to trauma and uh, any kind of trauma where the way our bodies work and our brains work is we respond to it and everything, you know, that fight or flight response and yeah. we mm -hmm. go, everything goes up and we're, that's how we work. That's how we get through it. But normal trauma dissipates over time and then we get to kind of stabilize yeah. in the way that we're responding, but that's not how it happened. Nope. It is and so not. we were just at that surge, just I mean, well, we're just now feeling ourselves kind of come out of it a little bit. I, yeah. Here's what I will say about that. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. And then the ramping up back into activities comes with its own. And we just, Sarah and I, just coming off of our you know successful here school's run of Godspell, watching them get into the rehearsal process brought so much stress. Yes, yes. it was a... a it was remarkable, like actually amping back into rehearsals. Yes, it was. I guess I think some of that too is that's something that like in the past, like people built up to over years. Right. You know, like they didn't, they, they did productions maybe when they were kids, maybe in high school, but then all of a sudden they don't do anything for years and they jump back in at that like top point rather than building back up, right. which is what we've all done done well, in essence and, and another thing that I think now this probably was not the case with your production but another thing that I'm hearing from performers and actors and people who are re-entering that, that world is that the the infrastructure there within the theaters and you know staff policies uh, just ever the sets uh, I mean just everything that that goes into that that it's not up to par a lot of times and, and it or it's different like thing there's, there's there's less it's not running as near as smoothly as it was previously and so then that creates stress too yeah i buy that well here's what i would say just to on the positive end once they did struggle mm -hmm. and they actually got to do it again i don't think i've seen a group of students 
in a better mental place in the, the last end. two years. Oh, that's um, so great. So yeah. I would just say, Vocal Fam, I think there is a silver lining out there. Uh, Absolutely. That is, so uh, now. Absolutely, and and some of the singers that that have been through that on in my world. You know, where I'm just I'm seeing all these announcements on social media about the the roles that are coming through, the summer oh, yeah. plans, the thing, you know, and it's just there's so much celebrating. So I agree. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So now, one of the things that you've been talking a lot about online has been kind of demystifying voice health, because you know, so often in the singing community. I, I think we've been quick to judge someone's technique anytime anything goes wrong with their voice, Sp mm. specifically their singing technique. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious, like in your experience as a clinician, how often, I'm not saying that an injury can't occur from someone singing, but like how often are the things that you're dealing with pro either from maybe some kind of technical issue or from something else, whether that's speaking voice related, other health issue related, an environmental cause, a psychological, like what, you know, give us a, some kind of idea of like maybe how many, the t a percentage of the time you actually maybe think it's from their singing. Uh, the, the MTD side of things, it's always rooted in technical Interesting. Uh, I mean, it's rooted in technical things, but that doesn't mean that poor technique led to that. You know, mm. and, uh, those those strategies usually develop as a compensatory response to something okay. else that's yeah. off, right? And the way I like to talk about it is that you know, it within our subsystems, there's if there's an imbalance anywhere, and because they crave balance. Yeah, the breath, the the vibe, the sound source, the resonating, you know, the articulation. Like we all want that; that it craves balance. And so, if there's an imbalance anywhere along yeah. that path, another system is going to kick in and start helping us make adjustments to rebalance. And then it just it's sort of a snowball effect, I think. Uh, so that the MTD piece is almost always like we have to address technical strategies that that sure. need to change but that doesn't mean they sang poorly and caused that uh the the other the other parts so when we think about benign vocal fold injury like mm -hmm. nodules polyps you know those things that are on the vibrating edge um you know my impression after doing this so many years is that it really has more to do with the total amounts of voices. Of vibration. Yeah. Like the, the amount, the sheer amount of vibration that we are asking of our voices on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. uh, and then because the body responds naturally to that. Yeah. By trying to protect itself. Yeah. And that's where, that's where swelling comes in. That, that swelling that happens is not a negative thing. It's actually really a positive thing. It's the body's way of trying to say, hey, I, we need, we need to, we need you to back off here or slow yeah. down or do less. But the circumstances, the life circumstances and the commitment don't allow for that. And so then that repetitive, a lot of, I believe that a lot of times there, there are early signs 
of, of injury that the person doesn't realize that that's what it is. Interesting. What are some of those? Well, for example, uh, like I'll just use an example that anyone can relate to. Sure. Uh, this is not a singing example, but say for example, we go you right, we go to a wedding on, on a weekend or a social event, uh, a concert, a party where we're talking a lot more and we're talking louder. Yeah. Right. Well, how many times have you woken up the next day and you were a little hoarse? Uh, you were missing some of your top notes. Mm -hmm. You felt really tired. So that's almost certainly swelling. But you didn't really think of it that way, probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, you may have thought like, oh, I'm really tired. I'm just tired. So, yeah. So in the narrative, when I'm interviewing people, I'm, I have to really dig for that. I have to say, okay, well, let's talk about the past. I want to know, have you had episodes where you knew, okay, I did too much, I need to, but then we try to find out how often is that happening? Mm. Because if it, just okay. happens, if it just happens every now and then and you recover to your full baseline, okay. Fair enough. What's that recovery like? Is it pretty quick? That's not a big deal. But but when we find, often I find out that, okay, there have been, it was happening like once a month or once every six weeks. And so when you have that repetitive swelling, yeah, it, it's going to build up over time. That's right. That's and that's right. a lot of times I think that's how people find themselves in that chronic injury place. That makes sense. You know, yeah. it, it, it's, it's less common for there to be just some moment in time, like an event right. where, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, that happens, hemorrhages and polyps that usually accompany those, but that's yep. a little less common than the sort of repeated, repeated trauma is the mm -hmm. way that I, I think about that. Well, and certainly, I mean, with a repeated trauma, with something like that happening and then you go to use your voice that could also lead you to also having some mtd at the same time right i mean at, unquestionably that that's yeah. exactly how that happens yeah i mean and then i mean particularly if you're relating that also to the mental state of the person I mean, that makes I mean, perfect... Well, and talking about mental state, like, it's such a mindset, I feel like, that we have to, like, oh, I just need to push through this, or, you know, with the repeated, like, we ignore it, we're like, no, no, I, like, I don't want to let people down, I'm just going to push through, like, I can make it work. Well, it, it's interesting, I mean, this kind of goes into, you know, a little different topic, but it, it's interesting because I think that... I think that the reason we're quick to judge technique and mm -hmm. and say, oh, that singer did something bad or wrong or negative to call, they did this to themselves, yeah. you know. The reason we're quick to do that is because we don't understand swelling. There, there's misinformation, there's misconceptions, there, there because, because of the, what I was just describing to you. Yeah. That's that, that scenario where you're, you're injuring acutely many times and not realizing that that's what's going on because we're not talking about it like that. We don't talk, we don't talk to our students about that. And so that misinformation is the, probably at the root of that. But then there's also like what Sarah is kind of uh, nodding to you that, that, that 
pressure that the singer feels that they don't want to let someone they don't want to let people down I've been mm-hmm. given this opportunity this is really important to me mm-hmm. uh, the show must go on sort of mindset yeah and then what what is my my teacher professor director uh, like, think what are me? they gonna think when but if I, I can't never get another it? role or what right right yeah. that pressure be, and, and that's where then all of the mental health stuff comes in with the shame and the guilt and the and the fear yeah I mean it's just yes. a huge huge thing so multifaceted yeah I you know it it reminds me of the I, I was never officially diagnosed but I'm certain that in my dark times what I call my dark times I, I'm certain I had muscle tension dysphonia I mean I'm I'm, 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 I'm certain I did and I didn't it was in a time where you know no, not no one ever said to me you know you should probably see somebody about that see that's that's just amazing to but me. I had but I had a few voice teachers abandon me kind of out of it because they just assumed that it was just bad technique you know it it's so it just it's mind-blowing to me that people don't want to be associated with it yeah teacher teachers peer like they, you you just can't imagine how alone people feel uh in these situations they and it's like it's like yeah i know that's there but i you know i don't i don't want to see it i don't want to i don't want to be too close to that because yeah. it might rub off on me <laughs> in some way uh i i've i had a voice teacher you know I, I had a conversation with someone in recent months where I needed to let them know that even though their student did not come to me for injury, they came to me for a tons, um, it was some kind of like procedure, ENT procedure, where they were, were mm. needed a little extra support recovering, and they sure. were just they were doing due diligence and looked me up, and you know, so but I needed to let their voice teacher know uh, I, I, they didn't come to me for this, but we're pre- I'm pretty sure that there's a swelling issue going on, and there's some very small injury that, you know, whether it's acute or chronic, we're going to deal with it. And, and it was a brand, it was someone who had not been working with this student. It was a brand new relationship. Yeah. And immediately the response was, Oh, okay. Well, I just want to let you know that they're not really my, like, I've never even had a lesson with them before. They didn't want you to think like, Oh, did I mess this up? That's and I was like, and this happened a few, I think it must have been a few months ago. And there were a couple of little interactions that I had with teachers, with patients, with uh, uh, other professionals where I started getting a little worked up about this. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, no, this is not, this is not the way this, this can be. We, we have, and, and why are we still dealing with it? Why, are, why have we not been successful in changing it? So I really started looking into that. No, that's a good point because I I feel like I guess voice teachers we do have a tendency to think of like students as a reflection of our teaching, like that's what people are looking at and judging us by. Like it's the same thing as you said as like other singers being like, "Ooh, I don't want to." The idea that like, oh, well, you could catch it or something. Like, I mean, right? I always say like, don't be associated. I have had teachers before when I said, "I really think you need to refer this student to get 
examined. Like they need to be examined. Sure. Yeah. Let's let. And I always say it like, let's verify health. It's not about oh, I think something's wrong. Let's verify the health of the larynx and the vocal folds, and okay. then we have a lot better information to work with. And I've had teachers say that they don't want to tell them to go to the doctor because oh no, what if other people hear that one of someone in my studio went to the doctor? Yeah. <laughs> now I know this is not. I know this is not absolutely the norm because those are extreme examples sure mm -hmm. sure uh, sure because we have plenty of amazing wonderful voice teachers in our world in our community who do who are very careful to say you know we we need to investigate this yeah. but i think those really those really low level swelling injury don't interfere until those real subtle nuances are necessary because mm -hmm. very small injury can go undetected. Right. And so if the teacher too doesn't know how to listen for that, then it goes it goes undetected. I I, I can't tell you how many times I hear the teacher says, I, I I had no idea that they had injury. Okay. So on that note one of the big things I've been talking to my pedagogy classes about in recent years is when do you need to refer out? Mm. Like when do you need to, not a question of, I've actually stopped kind of like going through in extreme detail any kind of thing with voice disorders and whatever. Because I'm like, this really isn't their scope of practice anyway. And, and, and so what we've really been talking about a lot in classes when we're dealing with voice health is, is when do we need to refer out? So my question to you would be, what are those times that voice teachers, because most of our audience is voice teachers, what are those mm -hmm. times, what are the things that voice teachers should be on the eye out for if they do need to refer out to somebody? Well, that makes me want to just mention, you know, the there are there are some symptoms or signs or what I like to call warning signals in a singer's voice that really, that we, we hear a lot. Um, I refer to them as the five mucosal symptoms. Okay. Mucosa being the outer. So, and, and of course I'm going to try to name all five now and I'm going to miss some, but <laughs> the, the main ones are the, uh, the loss of high soft singing. Yep. Okay. Big number one, number one, uh, onset delays and air that, escape. That's a huge one to me. That, that's the one yeah. that usually tricks me off. Yeah. Onset delays and air escape. Increased mm. effort. Sure. Mm -hmm. that, which sometimes goes undetected. Exactly. And yeah. re reduced endurance. Stamina. And then, yeah. and then are you ready for another really big one? Okay. Day-to-day -day variability. Now that's, yeah. Which is interesting and probably difficult to catch, particularly because, you know, when you're dealing with a younger singer who's really uncoordinated, there's a lot of day-to-day -day variability in the first place. Well, and I'm just that's thinking... exactly right. If you're only seeing someone once a week, you don't right. know what's happening, you know, three but days you, after you see them. But if you have a singer that, that can say to you, you know, I just don't understand. Like, I have these days and weeks where it's just like... It's amazing. I can just sing to the stars and everything works great. And then I have these times where, I, and they just, it's just gone. Yeah. You know, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big red flag. Uh, another thing, another little red flag that I think of that doesn't get talked about a lot is when a singer 
gets sick, like cold, a cold mm. or yeah. an upper respiratory infection, a, a sickness. Uh, now, this is not to say that sicknesses don't cause voice loss. Of course they do. We've all had that happen. Sure. Mm -hmm. But if you've got a singer that every little tiny little cold or allergy flare up causes a big voice loss, like yeah. that's, that's also a really big warning sign to me. Mm. It was interesting. Um, one of the things that I've always kind of been uh, wary of, particularly because I had a very specific student, one of my very early on in my collegiate teaching years, I had a student and what they presented with was a, a, a loss of ability to transition in, in registration. Yes, yes. Um, cracking, cracking, and uh, uh, and, a, and abrupt differences in the that was not there previously. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, uh, she ended up having like the, these. I think they were probably contact ulcers at first, but they ended up fitting together like a little puzzle piece at the near the vocal yeah. process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they um, can have the. It's called a bifid. Like the one side has like two prongs, and then the other one. Correct. Like oh. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the, the point that's a good point too because as long as things can meld and fit together and smush together, you can still get pretty decent voicing. And this it, one didn't work well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, but but you know, that you saw you heard something really obvious. The cracking piece yeah. is there. Um, you know, the the other thing is you know, the the, the the duration. We we read a lot of things on our Facebook groups and you know our collaboration with each other and networking about uh, injuries coming up. This is this is happening to my student. What do you think this is? What can I do? And and you know a voice change that is is obvious that's been around for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. You know you don't just let that go. You don't, as the voice teacher, my my request is please don't keep trying endless technical strategies to deal with that without verifying the health. You know, that, I, I think that's a thousand yeah. percent right. That makes me think of two things. One, um, I also am quick to tell my classes, look, if you have someone with a sudden sudden voice change, and it lasts one week, and the very next week everything is perfectly fine, and they are uh, a fab individual. Probably just ignore it. Just accept that oh. <laughs> it was it, that it was hormonal, and move on with your life. Okay. Yeah. Um, sure. But if it but if it keeps happening for a period of weeks, that's when we you know correct Exa right, exactly exactly that. Catching things early is really important. Uh, yeah. The, the other thing, though, that I think is a, a big part of this in the, the studio, and, and, and I think, I'm thinking bigger picture to the, the institution, uh, our colleges, college programs, our performance programs, and, and I know we mm -hmm. have an audience that's involved in uh, professional and pre-professional. Oh, yeah, sure, and for so sure. It all applies, but, but, you know, I think that, that I get the impression from the, the singers that I'm supporting through these experiences that it's like the initial message from teachers, administrators, directors is, oh, we, yes, of course we care. We absolutely care about your vocal health. Like it's, 
it, yes, of course, that's a priority for us. The, the initial message, but then... But then. The actions and the way all that goes behind the scenes does not support that. So, for mm -hmm. example, you know, they're not, we're not, they're not talking about it. Yeah. Nobody's, no, people aren't talking about this. If you're lucky enough to have a voice teacher that's really savvy with these things, they're making that a part of their studio environment. And I know that that happens. So please don't. It does. Miss, please don't misconstrue that. I promise. Yeah. It, it does. I, I do know that that is happening. Yeah. Uh, but it's also not happening. Yeah. And, and so because we're not talking about it, then we're not taking time to give them detection and prevention tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's more specific than just, oh, well, you, you probably just overdid it, so just, just rest your voice. Like, that's usually, just take it easy. But it has to be more specific than that. So we're not giving them that education uh, because I'm telling you, singers come to me, they have no idea what's going on. Yeah. They're, they're so confused. How did I get nodules? I, how did that happen? Then the other thing is that in those environments, whether it's a theater environment or a school environment or performance, rehearsal, it doesn't matter, we're not adjusting. The, the vocal demands are not being planned out and adjusted and and scheduled in a way that supports vocal health. I, because we got to get the work done, right? In the middle of our run, we were scheduled to do a two-show day uh, rehearsal and do the show twice. Mm -hmm. And I went to everybody and I said, we are not doing two runs today. Thank they you. were exhausted at that point. I was like, it's, it's, I, I, I know that there's work that needs to be done. I don't care. And I tried to cancel another rehearsal and everybody shot me down. <laughs> yeah, there is so much of this. We're gonna we're gonna have our dress rehearsal or we're gonna run this once or twice. We're gonna run this program twice today. And I'm even thinking about like choral programs and oh, oh. you know, uh, yeah. we're, gonna, we're gonna run this multiple times here and then our concert's at seven o'clock tonight. <laughs> so by the time you get to the concert, there's just very little left. Uh, the The other thing is so the third thing that I kind of think of about that, the message is this, but is this that unspoken pressure that's under the surface. Mm -hmm. That isn't really, it's kind of like, it's under the surface and it's like, we, we, we want you to get better. Oh, of course, what you let us, anything I can do to support you, let us know what you need. But at the same time, there's the, but, when are you going to be able to sing for the whole three-hour rehearsal? Like we really, we only have sixteen voices in this acapella group, and we really need you. We, we depend on you. Well, and is that going to be held against you in the future? Are they going to be like, well, she has a great voice, but like, can we count on them? Right, and that's we, the fear. That's the fear, yeah. and then the anxiety that comes along. That's where the then the mental health piece kicks in because they're they're terrified. To yeah. not be able to go and sing the rehearsal. I know I don't need to because my medical professional is telling me this is what needs to happen, but I'm so scared of what they're going to think. And so I think that is what leads to this culture of not feeling safe and comfortable and supported in disclosing. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm thinking of a situation from this show, from this, this term, where... 
at auditions, one of my students had had an environmental thing going on be, that was causing them to speak at obnoxiously loud volumes wow. many hours a day. I believe it, yeah. And their audition was rough, and when they came even back to start the rehearsal process, the voice was, they were then out of the environment, but the voice was not in a good place. And there was definitely swelling going on and this, that, and the other. And I was like, okay, let's just, I was like, we're going to give this three weeks in studio. And then I need you to get checked out if we don't, whatever. Yeah. I would just like to say vocal fam that there is, again, just to present silver linings and hope <laughs> for, for your life that this student slayed this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Slayed. It took me a second to put together, who, cause, because they did so well this weekend, I was like, who is struggling? Slayed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it. there is hope, vocal fam. Don't oh, think that if... there's always hope. And these, these things are so manageable. Exactly. Like, that. that's the silver lining, is that with the right tools, with the right education, with with the tools and skills to self-monitor, rest as needed, you know, but you can't be afraid to understand what that is for yourself. And, and, and you know, vibration is not infinite. And you yeah. have to be willing to, I think, as a st if you're out there in student land, singer land, you have to be willing to stand up for yourself and say to your choir director, hey, listen, I cannot sing today. I am so sorry. But I that can be intimidating. Correct. I remember. So, Which vocal fam, that's why you as a voice teacher need to be prepared for those conversations to discuss with your choral colleagues and your production colleagues so that it's all about the team and so that that safe space that Lori's talking about is created right you, it does have to be that because i won't like say one but i was in a choir at one point and i was new to it i didn't and i lost my voice for any i don't even remember why how what happened but i w remember i went into that rehearsal because previously i had been in a choir where i did feel safe going in and being like "Ooh, i'm i'm hoarse i'm really i'm not gonna sing today i can't i'm not doing that and I did that, and immediately afterwards, it wasn't even the director. It was the other choir members that pulled me aside. They were like, you don't do that. You can't, you don't tell them that you're a horse, and you're not saying, like, no, we oh, don't yeah. do that in that's this choir. Not, that's not a choir. You're describing a cult. Well, I <laughs> that too. But, like, I remember that happening, and I remember I was terrified. At that point, I was like, oh, my gosh, what has just happened? And so I didn't, like, at that point, because... I think that's you mentioned like oh you know when you go out to something like like a wedding where you're talking loud and yeah. the next morning you wake up well, let's be real so this was my freshman year of college um, your freshman year or you go to college there's so many events you're going to that you haven't maybe had or well, if you were like me I was very sheltered in high school but like really oh, I know I know <laughs> but you have these things for the first time where you are staying out later or you're going to something where you're talking louder than normal and you wake up the next morning like that's an interesting like time to navigate and I think it probably is really easy to not realize that it's happening more and more because you're you're thinking in the moment, oh, well, it's because I went to this thing last night. And it's not occurring to you, like, yeah, but if you're doing that, 
you know, every few days. If this is happening every week, then like that's not great. That that no, could be something to note. That that's exactly right. And and I do think a lot of times now the the coral situations are a little bit different, but I do think mo most of the time the impression I get is that the private teacher it might be the only one that knows. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. But but the student doesn't want anybody else to know and sometimes yeah. they're being they're being guy like, well, we're not gonna let that we're gonna talk about that in this space, but we're not gonna talk about it outside of and uh, outside of the studio and but but then that's not helpful because no. uh, so I had someone recently who uh, a, a very elite level you know master's program situation where uh, nearing end of recovery from something that uh, and doing so well oh my goodness like just leaps and bounds we're ready we're so close and the opportunity to as the understudy came to fill in Oh wow! And so, I mean, celebration! Yay! Yeah. We're so excited. But but we knew, you know, I knew. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna plan for this. We're gonna we're gonna map this out. We're gonna map out what you can and can't do. What 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 is gonna be best for you in this situation? And and you know, the singer really didn't feel comfortable with advocating for themselves in that situation. And yeah. it took a lot of heart to hearts and a lot of a lot of coaching and a lot of counseling to get them to the point that they were willing to do that but you know what they did and it changed everything because the response was more positive than they thought Good. it was going to be exactly. i said you know what they're not the boss of your voice you are yeah. Only you can be the steward of your own instrument. <laughs> exactly. If you are, you get to d make those decisions, not them. And that's really important for singers to remember. You are in charge. So yeah. on that on that note, thinking of singers being in charge. So what are the things that we as voice teachers should be encouraging our students to do to habilitate their voice, to keep the voice healthy and fresh? Uh, well, you know, probably from other hearing me talk about these things at other places. Uh, I mean, my big thing is the self-monitoring, the regular mm -hmm. self-monitoring. Uh, it isn't sometimes people don't want to do it. It's a little stressful. Uh, we look for other ways to do it in those circumstances, but it's yeah. really not that difficult to just test your upper voice before you warm up. That's that's so easy to do. And if you do it enough, you know, you know, I'm not really singing. I'm just sort of, I'm doing can that. I yeah, phonate? Just, can I make a sound up there? Right I'm, do, I'm making the smallest little, you know, that's my range. And I know that I can do that at pianissimo. And, and, and that is how it, and so I know that if I have a morning, I do it when I'm walking the dog. Sometimes my neighbors probably think I'm really bizarre. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm walking, I'm, wa I'm in the grass with the dog. <laughs> That's <laughs> phenomenal weird. though. It's phenomenal. Weird. I know. Uh, but I know immediately if something's just a little different. Yeah. 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 You know, because I'm going to sound like. Yep. Oh, okay. What did I do yesterday? Okay, yeah, that was I, a little too much. Yep. And then you get to make decisions 
about that day. Yeah. And uh, I have a, a friend, I think it might be Terry Brancaccio, uh, who talked about, uh, is it a red light day? Is it a yellow light day or a green light day? Interesting. I like that. And I really like that. Interesting. I think I, isn't that nice? Because you yeah. get to say like, okay, if it's a green light day, all right, we're good. Let's go. Let's roll. Yeah. Let's roll, you know? Yeah. Now, the second part, if it's a yellow light day, though, you get to bring up that, okay, I'm, I need some downtime, so I'm going to plug in. So you need, we need to be encouraging our students to, to rest, even if they don't necessarily feel like they need it. Right. You need yeah. the silent time because vibration isn't infinite. There is a biological limit for all of us. Yep. Well, and my limit, my limit's going to be different than yours, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making choices that might not be as fun, like, I think there have been a few times when, like, road trips with my husband, and, you know, we're playing our show tunes, and he's wanting to sing all out, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm making a good choice here, making a good yeah, choice. Yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Red light day, of course, means, uh, well, we've got to go look at the list mm. and prioritize. That's where that um, making a priority. This number one and two are non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. And numbers three and on are questionable. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's right. I mean, that's really all we can do right. now. The, the, of course, we want to optimize the voice in all circumstances and make sure we're do that. That vocal health piece to me is a little bit different than what we're talking about here. Is, yeah, I mean, they go together, but that's the vocal hygiene, vocal you know, making good decisions on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. This, this monitoring piece is, is very specific. And then you get to decide how much do I need to rest my voice? You have to figure out how much rest does it take? And rest means silence. Yes. How much rest does it take to get back to my normal baseline? I can't tell you smart, how many times smart. the students, because I have had a number of students with MTD over the years, and I can't tell you how it has almost always been high anxiety loud talkers who talk all the time <laughs> yeah okay and, yeah yeah and, no and that sounds right it is, i mean how common that is the combination um well and yeah. also that low that another thing that might fit in there with the speaking voice we haven't really talked about that but the low when we when we hang out in the basement where there's a lot of fry and and yeah, we're that wild, that wild there's stuff. not much energy. So, so something people don't realize, it's not just that, oh, that's gonna be really tiring and it's not good for your voice, but also the vocal folds don't have enough tension in them in huh. that position. And so right. it can actually lead to like bowing and, and closure problems because they the vocal folds start not, not having enough tension in them. That's interesting. I would Cor cor yeah. correct. So sure. that can be a part of that too, uh, but but the you're right the, those uh, those circumstances where they're not pay, they're not noticing what they're doing out in the world, and making the relationship to how the voice is behaving. That's very. Sorry, I realized I laughed. That was not a that was not me judging anyone, friends. That was that was a me laughing a moment ago because I was like, oh gosh, that could be me. <laughs> High anxiety, loud and talks a lot, like. 
No, you That's don't. Rough. That's you rough, don't man. even talk like some of these particular individuals that I'm referring to. Um, uh, a- 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 anyway, okay, L- Lori, this has just been great, great, great stuff. Um, and and thank you. First of all, thank you for giving some of your time to our audience. Of course. Oh my goodness, yeah. it's so fun to do this. I could talk about this all day long. Um, so yeah. you can find her Sonnenberg Voice. Dot mm-hmm. com, right? Dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if, you, if you're if you in the Chicago area and you need some help, um, definitely Great seek human. her out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we always, with guests, gosh, Sarah, it's been so long since we've been able to it do has. this. Like, it just fe- it's like so refreshing. <laughs> Sorry. You don't love vocal just fam. talking to me. Vo- vo- vocal fam, you know that we ha- we've, been, we've been such a... Uh, we've been talking into the vacuum the last few weeks. And, <laughs> and just so busy and beside ourselves. Yeah. Uh, uh, so someone else other than the two of us um, here during the pandemic, as we've all been binging everything, what would have been, I remember la- one of the times you were in the podcast, you told us about true crime podcasts. Are you still listening to true crime podcasts? You know, I am, but I've kind of gotten, I've gotten away from the gritty stuff a little uh, bit. I, I get that. I've, I've moved more into the, I love investigative journalism. Yeah. I think like uh, the cults. Uh, yes. Nixium, what, what was the, the one? They're all the ones, like, uh, I'm listening to We Crashed okay. uh, right now, like the We Work. Uh, do you know about that? I kind of know what you're talking Do you like all of the uh, kind of the docuseries that have been coming out recently? Yeah. Like like the Inventing Anna stuff and all that? Yeah. I do. Oh, yeah. Inventing Anna was great. Oh, yeah. um, actually, one of my favorite podcasts to date is called Bad Batch. Okay. And it is about uh, stem cell treatments, and Ooh. and the the a big controversy that happened with uh, you know a bad batch of medication going into these patients and the injections and yes, so I love things like that that, that are a little dark. Uh, Doctor Death is great. Things that uh, are that are interesting and investigative, but they don't necessarily make you think you're going to get jumped walking down the street. No, yeah, because that's why I have to stop. From, like the murders. And yeah, things. I can't do that as much, or else like I'm walking to the through the Kroger parking lot here in Clinton, which is like nothing, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what if someone's in my trunk? Like, no, <laughs> I have to avoid that. No, no one's in my trunk, guys. No like, that's, in her trunk. no one no. has ever been. Like, nobody wants anything that I have to no. date. No one has no been one in has. her trunk. Date, yeah. No one. Well, no, I do that, and, and it's fun for me because it's sort of like brainless activity for me, where I don't have to think about. I'm not thinking exactly. about designing exercises and yeah. and all the things that you know that we spend our long days doing. So, exactly. Uh, but I I do want to if I could just say really quick I I want to say a quick note that I know this topic is a is a it's a heavy one it's a it, it comes with a lot of a it's lot personal. of weight in it yeah it's personal it's there's identity stuff involved in it there's just so much that goes into this but but I want to make sure that there is also the message that that it, it can be a really positive thing to help singers. That's navigate right. this and develop sure. the ability to monitor and manage that busy lifestyle because that's right that's the biggest key for long-term success you know that that's that's not something that they ever won't use yeah, down the yeah. Road. they're always going to use that uh, and I love to educate singers and teachers and directors I mean you know it's, it's just something I'm super passionate about and uh, and it is possible to do that's it right. right. Yeah. 
That's right. Hey, you also mentioned um, the Instagram. So what's the Instagram handle so that they know? Uh, oh, it's um, at Sonnenberg Voice. At Sonnenberg Voice. Perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So so there's the website. There's the Instagram. Vocal Fam, um, it's it's always great to have return guests on. It um, is. Our, 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 our wonderful uh, three-timers club now. Woo-hoo. Gosh. Uh, I'll have to get them like a pin or something. I know. Uh, well, I need a mug. I definitely need a mug. When you've been on one. three times, you get the sticker. Five times, maybe that's where we do the mug. That's what we'll have to, we'll have to make it a thing. I do have. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure. Hopefully, we'll <laughs> see you in Chicago. Yeah. in the summer that's you're, coming, national. you're coming to my land I know um, hopefully yeah. we'll see you in the summer and uh, we'll give you a sticker um, at yeah. least at least a sticker at least a sticker because um, uh, I hand lots of those. I, I hand those out like candy <laughs> that's true around the ca- you'll hear people around the music department oh yo so just go talk to Brett like he's got like a million like he'll give you a sticker we yeah. will well, I want to thank both of you for for being so open to you know bringing these things to light and oh. and making having conversations about them and you know the oh. more we talk about it and make everybody feel comfortable, comfortable. talking about it, the it better okay. we have at managing. That's exactly that is exactly right. That is yeah. exactly right. We'll leave that there, Sarah. What'd you have for breakfast? Oh, it's the same. I'm on the kick with the little um, orange cranberry Belvita biscuit things. They're they're good. <laughs> Sarah's still eating cookies. I am going to keep their breakfast biscuits. It says it on the box every time I mention it. It has orange cranberry and cheese? No, no, no. It's orange cranberry, like, breakfast, but, like, they're... I don't want to compare them to a cookie, but it is somewhat similar to a cookie. It sounds like a cookie. It's it's like... Is it... It's almost like a granola bar, but there's just no granola. The British would refer to them as biscuits. They would. There you go. There you go. They're really good, and they're easy. I've, I had been doing baked oatmeal when I have time, but I don't have time. And so the breakfast biscuits have made a reappearance the last few weeks. Hey, Vocal Fam, one note for us. Uh, well, two notes real quick here at the end. Uh, one, Doctor Strange, 30 days from yesterday. Tickets are on sale. Uh, number two... Uh, if you have not, if you are a Star Trek fan at all in any way, shape, or form, and you did not see the Picard season three casting oh, announcement yes. trailer, what are you doing with your life? You should go find. What are that. you doing with your <laughs> life? You should look up the season three Picard casting trailer yeah. and watch it. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay, that's a thing. We what didn't a time know. to be we, alive! What a time to be alive! What a time! All right, Vogel fam, that's it for us. We'll talk to you later. Peace.